Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051, 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org friendshipwithgod.org or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now here is our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Okay, let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your word. It's a wonderful word. Lord, it's cloudy and it's rainy outside, but there's sunshine in our soul today. And so, Lord, we pray that the word of God would become for us today, Lord, the sun that shines within makes us happy and understand that we have a safe shelter. In Jesus' name, amen. Oh, yes. Now, Genesis 31, 31. That's easy. Genesis 31, 31. Okay. And Jacob answered and said to Laban, because I was afraid, for I said, peradventure, thou wast take by force thy daughters from me. With whomsoever thou findest thy gods, let them not live. Before our brethren, discern thou what is thine with me, and take it to thee. For Jacob knew not that Rachel had stolen them, Laban went into Jacob's tent, into Leah's tent, into the two maidservants' tents, but he found them not. Then went he out of Leah's tent and entered into Rachel's tent. Now Rachel had taken the images and put them in the camel's furniture and sat upon them. Laban searched all the tent, but found them not. And she said to her father, Let it not displease my Lord that I cannot rise up before thee, for the custom of women is upon me. And he searched, he but found not the images. Jacob was wroth and chode with Laban. Jacob answered, said unto Laban, What's my trespass? What is my sin that thou hast so hotly pursued after me, whereas thou hast searched all my stuff? Thou hast not find of all thy household stuff. Set up here before my brethren, thy brethren, that they may judge betwixt us both. This twenty years have I been with thee. Thy youths, thy she-goats have not cast their young. The rams of thy flocks have I not eaten. That which was torn of beasts I brought not unto thee. I bear the loss of it. Of my hand didst thou require it. Whether stolen by day or stolen by night, thus I was in the night the drought consumed me, the frost by night, and my sleep departed from mine eyes. Thus have I been twenty years in thy house. I served thee fourteen years for thy two daughters, six years for thy cattle. Thou hast changed my wages ten times, except the God of my father, the God of Abraham, the fear of Isaac had been with me. Surely thou hast sent me away now empty. God has seen my affliction, labor in my hands, rebuke thee yesterday night. Laban answered and said unto Jacob, These daughters are my daughters. These children are my children. These cattle are my cattle. And all thou seest is mine. And what can I do now this day unto these my daughters or unto their children which they have born? Now therefore, come thou. Let us make a covenant. I am thou. Let it be for a witness between me and thee. Jacob took a stone, set it upon for a pillar. Jacob said unto his brethren, Gather stones. They took stones, made a heap. They did eat there upon the heap. Laban called it Jagar Shahardutha. But Jacob called it Galead. And Laban said, This heap is a witness between me and thee. Therefore, the name of it is called Galead. And Mitzpah, for he said, The Lord watch between me and thee when we are absent one from another. If thou shalt afflict my daughters, or if thou shalt take otherwise beside my daughters, no man is with us. See, God is witness betwixt me and thee. Laban said to Jacob, Behold this heap, behold this pillar, which I have set betwixt me and thee. 
This heap be witness, this pillar be witness, that I will not pass over the heap to thee, thou shalt not pass over this heap and this pillar unto me for harm. The God of Abraham, the God of Nahor, the God of their father, judge betwixt us. And Jacob swore by the fear of his father Isaac. Then Jacob offered sacrifice upon the mount, called his brethren to eat bread. They did eat bread, tarried all night in the mount. Early in the morning, Laban rose up, kissed his sons and his daughters, blessed them. Laban departed and returned unto his place. A lot of drama in this last part. So in our last study here, we saw that before all this, that this great meaning that we're studying about right now, that before this happened, God came to Laban in a dream in verse 24, and it says, God came to Laban the Syrian in a dream by night, said unto him, take heed that thou speak not to Jacob, either good or bad. I mean, those are really serious words. It's always serious whenever God says, take heed. Whenever God says to a man, that's frightful words, take heed. And it means you're, it's trying to say, you're in big danger. You're about to cross a line here. So, I mean, what would Laban have done to Jacob had God not spoken to him? Which verse tells us in this passage here what Laban would have done to Jacob had not God stepped in between with this dream? Which verse? Well, it's in the 20s. So you don't have to read the whole chapter. It's a long chapter. (laughs) Okay, you got it. It's 29. (laughs) It's in my power of my hand to hurt thee, to do you hurt. See, that's what he would have done. But the God of your father spake unto me yesterday night, saying, take thou heed. Okay, so he would have hurt Jacob. He would have, he maybe killed Jacob because Laban hated Jacob. And at the last minute, God intervenes and he saves Jacob with these words of take heed. This is kind of a history of the Jewish people. Sort of a history of the Jewish people here. Time after time, the haters of the Jewish people, they intended to exterminate them, and God steps in at the last minute and says, take heed. He saves them from annihilation. I mean, you can't look at this history of Jacob without thinking of the similarities that happen in Jacob's history and in the history of the Jewish people, the descendants of Jacob, and especially in Egypt. I mean, just think how the only reason that Jacob went there in the first place to Haran was because he was fleeing from the danger of being killed by Esau. I mean, yeah, sure, his father said, go get a wife, but, you know, there were some other circumstances. And Jacob came into Haran because of a necessity of fleeing from Esau. The only reason that Jacob and his family went into Egypt was because he was fleeing from the danger of dying from starvation from the famine. Jacob came into Egypt because of the necessity of escaping the famine. That's why he went. And after they got there the first time and the second time, in both cases, there was a change in the attitude of the host, you know, Laban and and, and Egypt. In Genesis 31, 2, it says, Jacob beheld the countenance of Laban, and behold, it was not toward him as before. See, there was a change in the attitude in Exodus 1, 8 through 11. Now there arose up a new king over Egypt, which knew not Joseph, and he said unto his people, Behold, the people of the children of Israel are more and mightier than we. Come on, let us deal wisely with them, lest they multiply and it come to pass that when they, there falleth out any war, they join also unto our enemies and fight against us. And so get them up out of the land. Therefore, they did set over them taskmasters to afflict them with their burdens. They built for Pharaoh treasure cities, the Pithom and Ramses. So in both cases, 
there, there was a change in attitude. In both cases, during this time of not-so-nice situation in their foreign land they went into, during this time, there was a building up in the foreign land. In Genesis 30, 40, you're talking about Jacob. Genesis 40, verse, sorry, Genesis 30, verse 43, 30, 43. The man, Jacob, increased exceedingly and had much cattle and maidservants, men servants, camels, and asses. See, that happened under Laban's unreasonable hand. And the same thing happened to the Jewish people in, in, uh, in Exodus, in Egypt, in Exodus 1-7. Exodus 1-7, the children of Israel were fruitful. They increased abundantly and multiplied and waxed exceeding mighty. And the land was filled with them. See, in both cases, the, the reason why the host turned attitude, turned, changed, was because of an envy of wealth. See? Because, the, because the, the Egyptians looked at it and says, whoa, you know, small group become big group, not so rich group become rich group, you know, and they were envious. And in the case of uh, Laban also, this change of attitude came when he looked and he says, whoa, my flock small, his flock big. And in both cases, Jacob and the Jewish people were put in hard service by their host. In this passage we just read here, in verse 40, he says, Jacob was describing, he says, thus I was. The day, in the day the drought consumed me, and the frost by night, my sleep departed from my eyes. And then in, in uh, Egypt, in Exodus, Exodus 1.13, the Egyptians made the children of Israel serve with rigor, and they made their lives bitter with hard bondage in mortar, in brick, all manner of service in the field, all their service, wherein they made them serve was with rigor. And in both cases, God called Jacob and Israel out, called them out. He said uh, in this passage here in Genesis 31, verse 12, God says, I have seen all that Laban doeth unto thee. I am the God of Bethel, where thou anointest the pillar, where thou vowest a vow unto me. Now arise, get thee out from this land and return unto the land of thy kindred. And the same thing happened in Egypt hundreds of years later. In Exodus 3, 7, the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people. See, he said in Genesis 31, 12, I have seen all that Laban doeth unto thee. In Exodus 3, 7, I have surely seen the affliction of my people which are in Egypt and have heard their cry by reason of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrows. And I'm come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land into a good land and a large, a land flowing with milk and honey, under the place of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, Jebusites. We look at these parallels, and we see this parallel that's extended to us in our salvation. You know, we went into sin in our lives, B.C., before Christ. We went into sin. We put ourselves under the bondage of a Laban, of a Pharaoh, of the devil, and we thought, well, we just have some sinful habits, but, you know, we could break them any time, but we didn't because we were under the bondage of the devil, under the bondage of the oppressor. 
And then just as Jacob and Israel understood that God called them out, we understood that God was calling us out and he was giving us eyes to see and he was giving us ears to hear the meaning behind what God said as it applies to us in Exodus 3.8. Exodus 3.8, I am come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land into a good land and, and so forth. And we understood how the Lord Jesus Christ came down from glory to bring us up out of our sins as we read in Philippians 2.6. Philippians 2.6, who, being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, because he was God, but made himself of no reputation, took upon him the form of a servant, was made in the likeness of men, and being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. And there's one word that became important for Jacob and Haran, and that was this word deliver. Deliver. One word became important for Israel in Egypt, and that was the word deliver. And one word became important for us in our own sinfulness, and that was the word deliver, as we understood for the first time the real meaning of the name Jesus. In Matthew 11, in Matthew 121, Matthew 121, she shall bring forth a son. And thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save or deliver his people from their sins. And then there's the parallel, as we read in this passage here, studying here, of having a foe that is stronger, stronger than us. You know, in Jacob's case, you know, what Laban said in this verse we just looked at in verse 29, when he said, it's in the power of my hand to do you hurt, that was true. That was true. That was a true statement. It was in the power of Laban's hand to hurt Jacob, and Jacob couldn't do anything against that because Laban was stronger than Jacob. And in Israel's case, in Israel's case, in Exodus 1.11, when it says, therefore they did set over them taskmasters to afflict them and their, their burdens and build for Pharaoh these cities. You know, the Egyptians were able to set over Israel the taskmasters and force them to build these treasure cities in Egypt because the truth is the Egyptians were stronger than the Jewish people, than Israel. And in our case, in our case, in Ephesians 2.2, where it says, wherein in time past, Ephesians 2.2, wherein in time past ye walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. Why did we do that? Why did we walk according to the direction of the devil known as the prince of the power of the air? Why? And when the Lord addressed those in John 8, 44, in John 8, 44, and said, ye are of your father the devil, and the lust of your father ye will do. There was no question about it. He says, you will do it. Why? Why did they do the lusts of the devil? Why did we walk according to the prince of the power of the air? Because it is stronger than us. The devil is stronger than us. And why were they helpless to not do the lusts of the devil? Because, Ephesians 6.12, Ephesians 6.12, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against 
principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickednesses in high places, because we were controlled by principalities, by powers, by rulers who were stronger than us. So, and in both Jacob's case and Israel's case, they were called to leave for a better land, Canaan. And in our case, we've been called to a better land, as we saw last week in 1 Peter 2.9, 1 Peter 2.9, but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that you should show forth the praises of him who have called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. And he said, and so what's the treasure? What's the treasure? They were called land and milk and honey. The treasure is in John 14, 3, the Lord says, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, and that where I am, there you may be also. The treasure is the Lord Jesus himself. Could I receive you unto myself. Our calling, our treasure, our better place. Everybody says, you know, he died, went to a better place. The better place is the better person because the calling is to the person of the Lord Jesus Christ himself. And then in both cases, Jacob's case, Israel's case, they left with great wealth. They didn't leave paupers, but great wealth. Jacob's case, Genesis 30, verse 42, Genesis 30, verse 42, which we've been studying. So the feebler were Laban's the cattle. The stronger were Jacob's. So Laban, he's got a small flock, and they're sick. They look terrible. Jacob, he's got a big flock. They're all really healthy. Anyway, verse 18 of the chapter we're in, Genesis 31, 18. He carried away all his cattle, all his goods which he had gotten, the cattle of his getting which he had gotten, for to go to Isaac, his father. Israel's case, Israel's case in Egypt. Exodus 11, 2. Exodus 11, 2. Speak now in the ears of the people. Let every man borrow his neighbor and every woman of her neighbor, jewels of silver, jewels of gold. Boy, those women, they knew about the jewels of silver and the jewels of gold. Well, they say diamond is a woman's best friend. So, you know, they went in there and got all their best friends. Yeah. And the Lord gave the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians. That's Exodus 11, 2 through 3. And then Exodus 12, 36. And the Lord gave the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians so that they lent them lent unto them such things as they required. It was a long-term loan. And they spoiled the Egyptians. All right. And in our case, in our case, in Luke 18, 29, Luke 18, 29, and he said unto them, Verily I say unto you, there is no man that hath left house or parents or brethren or wife or children for the kingdom of God's sake, who shall not receive manifold more in this present time and in the world to come, life everlasting. We've got great treasure in Luke 12, 32. Luke 12, 32. Fear not, little flock. It is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. we got a treasure in the Word of God here. And David emphasizes that in Psalm 119, 162. Psalm 119, 162. I rejoice at thy word as one that findeth great spoil. And then another thing we have, which is a great treasure, great treasure, we have peace. We have contentment. See, 1 Timothy 6.6, but godliness 
with contentment is great gain. Godliness with contentment is great gain. So, we see these parallels. Now, both Jacob and Israel, they weren't just let go and said, okay, well, goodbye. No, they were pursued when they left. They were pursued. See, in Jacob's case, in verse 22 of our chapter, verse 22, Genesis 31, and it was told Laban on the third day that Jacob was fled. He took his brethren with him, pursued after him seven days' journey, and they overtook him in the Mount Gilead. In Israel's case, in the Jewish people's case, in, in Egypt, in Exodus 14.5, Exodus 14.5, it was told the king of Egypt that the people fled in the heart of Pharaoh and his, and his servants was turned against the people. And they said, why have we done this that we've let Israel go from serving us? And he made ready his chariot, took his people with them. And he took 600 chosen chariots and all the chariots of Egypt and the captains over every one of them. And then in Exodus 14.9, Exodus 14.9, but the Egyptians pursued after them. All the horses, chariots of Pharaoh, all his horsemen, his army overtook them in camping by the sea. And in our case, is it 2 Timothy 3.12, 2 Timothy 3.12, yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. They shall be pursued. Matthew 5.10, Matthew 5.10, blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. It's not a matter of if. It's a matter of when. It's not a question of if. It's a question of when. Matthew 10.22, Matthew 10.22, and ye shall be hated of all men for my name's sake, and he that endureth the end shall be saved. But when they persecute you in this city, flee into another. For verily I say unto you, shall not have gone over the cities of Israel, son of man become. See, it's a question of when. It's not a question of if. But best of all is that God saw the evil that was intended on Jacob, that was intended on Israel, and in Jacob's case, in verse 12, he said, lift up now thine eyes and see all the rams which sleep on the cattle, ring streck, speckled, and so forth. I have seen all that Laban doeth unto thee. And in Israel's case, in Egypt, in Exodus 2.23, Exodus 2.23, it came to pass in the process of time that the king of Egypt died, the children of Israel sighed. They just breathed out a sigh by reason of the bondage. Not a sigh of relief, but a sigh of oppression. They sighed by reason of the bondage. They cried, and their cry came up to God by reason of the bondage, and God heard their groaning, and God remembered his covenant with Abraham, with Isaac, with Jacob. And God looked upon the children of Israel, and God had respect unto them. That was their choice in the translation, to use the words respect unto them. The word is actually no, yada, which means he knew them. He looked at them, he knew them. That's very important for us. Because that brings to us the application of John 10, 14. John 10, 14. I am the good shepherd and know my sheep and am known of mine. John 10, 27. John 10, 27. My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me.
another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org to sign up for his daily devotional verse. Now, Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestoration.org, or you can write Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711-330, P.O. Box 711-330, Santee, California. That's S-A-N-T-E-E, Santee, California, 92071. Or you can email Tom Cantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Tom Cantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Or for more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800 247 3051. Tom Cantor, founder of Israel Restoration Ministries and our Bible teacher on the Friendship with God radio program, has created the Friendship with God Study and Reference Bible. It's a King James study and reference Bible with over 2,200 total pages, 13 and a half point large font, and has over 600 pages of Bible helps and resources. It has Hebrew root notations in the Old Testament and over 30,000 Bible column and inline scripture references. It also includes daily bread reading notations, a tour of the Bible scripture journey, 12 custom-made full-color maps, and a full-color nine-page History of Israel timeline map. Not to mention incredible concordance and the most popular Bible scripture references section, Bible reference help section, and hundreds and hundreds of other personalized pages from Tom Cantor to grow your friendship with God. It's printed on Finland thin paper printing technology and covered in a black lambskin leather cover with gold lettering. To order your Friendship with God study and reference Bible, go to our homepage on friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org.